Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast, a podcast about the history and construction of the city's motorways and expressways. Although, increasingly, we're going a bit further afield. Mm. I'm Stuart Baird. <laughs> I'm John Hassel. Um, so yeah, it's back to the west this time. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Renfrew Bypass, which is part of the M8, and the A737. Justin Howard. Where's that? Well, you know what the A737 is. That's running from St. James and St. James, and that goes all the way down past Irvine and so on. But we are actually going to be talking about the Linklife Spur section past Linwood and uh-huh. the Johnston Howard Bypass. The dual carriageway section. The dual carriageway section. That's the bits we're going to be focusing on right. this month. Okay. Um, and what, what else have we got? Well, we're going to try and squeeze in some of your questions mm-hmm. uh, this month as well. Uh, and then we're going to have a general chit-chat about mm-hmm. some things that we've, we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, although the truthful answer to that is it's really not a great deal because... We're in lockdown. We're in lockdown. I mean, the last time we recorded uh, a couple of these... Uh, things were getting tight, but they weren't yeah. certainly not as restricted as they are now. Um, so yeah, things are things are. So, so anyone that's wondering here how Stuart and I have got together to actually record this is, you know, a month and a half or two. Was it two months ago? I've been in the process of moving house, and yeah. Stuart's very kindly taken me in as a live-in archivist. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and to work. The, the, and then this all happened, and now you're stuck with me. Yeah. Well. well <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't so it's that. not like I had to travel here. We're, we're, we're of the same household. Yeah, so there's no issues with that. So we'll try. We're going to try and so keep these coming go. out fairly regularly. It gives yeah. us something to do as well. To it gives honest. you gives you all something to do. Gives yeah. you something to listen to. Yeah, exactly. So we've, we've got plenty things to talk about, haven't we? Yeah, plenty, plenty, plenty. Uh, and I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this Renfrew bypass uh, topic. The as thing well. is, it is something we have covered before, but way back in the. Lost parts yeah, of time. Like, I mean, it's like, like two years ago. Two or years. I mean, it's two years ago just now since we launched this yeah. series. Uh, my God, I mean, that's mm-hmm. time's flown by. I know, and we found out some new stuff as well. Yeah, we did. So uh, now, so now is as good a time it. as ever to, to talk about the Renfrew Bypass. I good. think. Yes, a topic close to my okay. heart. Okay, right. Well, rather <laughs> than shitting, chatting away here, yep. let's get straight into this. Let's do um, it. I know you love this particular section of the M8. <laughs> Okay then, Renfrew Bypass. Yep. You tell us about the Renfrew well, Bypass. Well, I, w- I want to talk about it now in the terms of what, what what's there just now so people actually know what we're talking about. So this is a section of M8 that runs from Junction 26, which is Hillington. Yep. Which is, you know, for Brayhead and these kind of areas. Yep. Down that straight section that goes towards Arkelston. Where's that? That is Junction 27. Ah, you know, Paisley Road, Renfrew Paisley, Road. Renfrew Road, that's right. Okay. It's often said as Arkelston on the radio and travel reports, so I'm just using that so people know where we are. Yep. Then it goes over the White Cart Viaduct towards Glasgow Airport. You've got St. James Interchange there, and then it leads off further out towards the Erskine. So we're going to be talking about that, the Renfrew Bypass, that section there, the history behind it, some of the new things that we found out. We're also going to be talking about the A737. So the A737 actually comes off at Junction 28A, uh, 20, which, 20, 20, oh 20, yeah, yeah, you know, you know the big ramps that go through there. Yes, yep. we're never in that part of the world anymore. We're, well, we're not in any part of the world anymore because we're always stuck in here. Yeah, uh, but uh, it goes off from there, and this is the dual carriageway section that goes down towards Linwoods and eventually goes out towards Johnston. Yeah, these kind of places. <clears> so we're going to talk about that dual carriageway section there. Okay, okay. Right, why don't I start then by giving everybody a wee bit of background again of the Renfrew Bypass because mm-hmm. people probably have forgotten. Um, or the, the, there'll be new listeners who 
don't know where the Renfrew bypass is, so we're going to fill them in. So you've told them where it is in, in terms of where the M8 is. Yeah, that's right. Which makes sense. Uh, it opened on the 18th of March, 1968, and in the process actually became the first section of M8 motorway to open in the west of the country. Mm. Before then, only contracts in the east, you know, towards Edinburgh had been completed. Um, although yeah. the inner ring road was under construction. It was under construction, point. but it wasn't open. And so was in the open. West, it's the, it was the first. Yeah, so. exactly. So it came along then. Mm -hmm. um, the contract itself cost only £5 million. Bargain. Which now is about <laughs> 90 £100 million. Pounds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, perhaps the biggest feature of that section is originally the White Cart Viaduct, which okay. is the viaduct that passes to the south of the airport. Mm -hmm. 865 metres long, the longest typical viaduct of its kind in Scotland. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of a normal bridge, none that cross estuaries or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's pre pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually built in two... It was a single contract, but there was two contractors who were involved in the construction. Mm -hmm. Now, Marples Ridgeway built the section around uh, about Whitecart Viaduct and, and other bits and bobs. And Peter Linden Company built the rest of it. So the two companies were working side by side simultaneously so that the entire road opened as one, as yeah. one section. And as you said earlier, it had a temporary end at the E8 That's at Bishopton right. yeah. for, for a few years, for seven years. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, no seven years. Uh, 1970, to, to 1970, for two years. A couple of years, couple yeah, of years, yeah. But years. I think what you're getting confused is, is that that was a junction that was there for a That's while. Right. This yeah. is the famous mm -hmm. South Bar Terminus yeah. that we always want to get photos of. Yeah, um, exactly. But no, you're right. I mean, it just stopped there on the A8 at, um, on, on Greenock Road. Yeah. Um, and that, that feature remained, we're not quite sure exactly when that was taken away, uh, but it was extended, the motorway was extended uh, west of there when the Erskine Bridge South Approach, which was also known as Bishopton Bypass Stage 1, yeah. was completed in December 1970. And then in 1975, the Bishopton Bypass Stage 2 actually took the motorway down to what is its current terminus at West Ferry. Yeah. And now, I, I believe that's probably when that junction closed, but... Yeah. So someone will someone will come on here and let us know. Yeah. I'm sure. At the other end, at the eastern end, at the Hillington end, mm. the terminus there existed until 1976, mm -hmm. until the Renfrew Motorway uh, opened to traffic in September of yeah. that year. Uh, so the terminus at the other end lasted much longer, and and I would say that that was probably needed more quickly, really, because mm. you were getting chucked onto Paisley Road and having to trundle along there to get to to get to the town. Yeah. Um. You know, coming into the city centre. Although when the Clyde City Expressway opened in 1973, you could zip through the tunnel and then have somewhat a better link towards the city centre than, mm. than going along Paisley Road at that stage. So we now know where the, where the actual section of road is that we're talking about. Yeah. At this stage, I'm going to give a shout out to Barry Old, mm -hmm. who listens to the podcast. He was an engineer who worked on the scheme at the time. Uh, Barry's been very helpful. Barry's given us some fantastic info yep. and there's actually a piece that's written by Barry yep. uh, that's on our page about this. If you go onto the website and you yep. look at the Renfrew Bypass. And you know, that's probably a good time to, if you've got your, your laptop or your tablet or your PC, whatever in front of you when you're yeah. listening to this. Because you're probably not driving. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Glasgow's-motorways.org.uk yep. forward slash Renfrew-bypass mm -hmm. Bring up the page. The page will complement this podcast wonderfully. Well, there you go. Because there's hundreds of images and things on there. And again, to come back to Barry, Barry's actually given us a personal account of his involvement in the scheme. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a document that you can download that gives you some crucial background information as well. Yeah. So the reason we've brought this subject back this month 
as I felt it was time for a refresh, John and I have continuously researched the Renfrew Bypass because it's one of these enigmas. You know, there's not a great deal of information out there. It was just outside Glasgow, so we mm. don't have the same amount of records on it as we had for the Inner Ring Road we, and roads like that. You're right, because one of the things, we talk about the highway plan all the time. The Renfrew Bypass is not something that was really part of the highway plan. No, it wasn't. Because it was its own thing done through Renfrew County Council. Yeah. The, the council, know? in conjunction with the Scottish Development Department, Scottish office, mm-hmm. um, basically took that scheme forward. Um, so there are some differences. Now, the Renfrew Bypass, interestingly, was actually in development perhaps just a bit earlier than you and I had assumed up until a few weeks ago mm. when we were in the Mitchell Library and we, we, we had requested some Renfrew County documents. And we, John and I visit their library regularly. Hello, Irene, if you're listening. Irene O'Brien's the chief archivist <laughs> there. Hello, uh, Irene's been very helpful with, with the records and photos and things. Um, and we had seen in, in the, the catalogue that there was a Renfrew County Council document that had a Renfrew bypass folder in it. And it was uh, kept away in a, a secure store somewhere, so I had, actually had to order it in. Thankfully, it came in just before all this lockdown kicked off. Yeah. So we were actually able to go in. That was our last outing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Before, it really before was. we were told to yeah, stay inside. To stay in. And we managed to go through all these files and, and correspondence and drawings and, and original orders and all sorts of things that actually challenged a lot of the assumptions and things that we had considered to be the case, really, up up till now. We knew that, it, that the main studies had really happened 1963-ish, 64-ish, construction started 65. John and I had did some research um, some years ago mm-hmm. that indicated that some of the councillors on Ren- Renfrew County were not particularly enthusiastic about the motorway programme that, that they had down there. But when we started looking at this correspondence among the actual planning officials and the transportation officials at the yeah. council, it was a completely different attitude. The, the narrative had changed. Oh, yeah. You know? They were well for it. Yeah. They were well for it. Uh, and, and I remember this was a time when every little borough wanted its own motorway. Yeah. Yep. You know? And the thing that stuck out to me instantly was that really planning for the motorway was really well underway by about 1960, 1961. Yeah. You know, it was earlier than I had assumed. Seven or eight years before it opened. It actually brings it almost in line with the Hamilton Bypass Mm. section of the M74, which was on the same kind of timescale. That study started in 1960. That road opened in 1966 and 1968. So it's almost the same, you know, sort of a timescales in terms of that. Development-wise, whereas the Hamilton Bypass had Babti Sean Morton as the consultant, Renfrew County used Crouch and Hogg. Yeah, as their consultant on that scheme, and they advised on the structures. Another and the, the company alignment. that's no longer with us. That's right. Yeah, so, uh, consumed by Waterman, I mm-hmm. think originally um, the, the consultant. So they, they're long gone, but they had been a, a very well-known Glasgow consultancy. They did a lot of work in steelworks. Yeah, uh, they did a lot of railway work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a booklet that celebrates their hundredth anniversary in 1964, and there's actually some photographs in the models. Of the Renfrew Bypass in that book. It's fantastic. Um, you yeah. know, so, so they, they were they were very well known. So, so it, you can understand why the, the mm. county would be happy to go with somebody like them because these guys were big. Yeah, they were and doing. they had a reputation for yeah. being able to do these things. And crucially, mm. this wasn't an urban motorway. This was a rural motorway on the whole. Yeah. Now we might look at it just now and and see that it has some urban characteristics. Yeah. Not Junction- then. Not then, Not then, no, because it, it's far more built up now. But yeah. The junctions are quite close together on it. Yeah, so they didn't need any of these urban motorway experts that were working in Glasgow, like John Cullen. <laughs> there was no big flyovers, yeah. no big major bridges. 
oh yeah, there was a viaduct, a white car. Yeah, but, but it wasn't in a close urban setting. No. I know what you're saying yeah. here. You're not you're not trying to dodge it around a city. No, property you know? demolition. I think there was a handful of buildings yeah. on that line that were demolished for the motorway. No. I want to jump the gun here. You go ahead. There is something about this bit of motorway that every, even for the people who are not motorway enthusiasts, but everyone loves this bit of trivia, that there's a very straight section yes. of the Renfrew Bypass. Just west of Hellington and before Arcoston Road. So this is, yeah, you know, and there was, this, of course, the airport there. Yeah. Uh, before Glasgow Airport. And everyone went, oh, well, that's because it was built on the old runway. Well, is that just, true? Well, just to the south of the of the old runway, yeah. yes. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. this, this, is, this all comes back to the same centralised planning thinking and things that were going on at the time mm. so a bypass around renfrew up till this stage because bypasses for renfrew had been looked at through the 50s as well as they yeah. had been in a lot of places and it was constrained around the south of the town by the the presence of the airport that's right i mean they did we did find stuff out that they did examine corridors for the north of yeah. renfrew no, as they, well. that's right which mm-hmm. they did um but because the airport was there they always said well you can't really squeeze through there Okay, mm, so and serve Paisley at the same time. Then, with the growth of air passenger traffic and, and airlines and, and that sort of thing, it was felt that the airport at Renfrew just couldn't cope. It had a small runway, it had been an old airfield, and it was felt that Abbott's Inch offered the better location to build a larger airport that allowed for expansion and a longer runway and various things. So, the Scottish office decided, in conjunction with Glasgow Corporation, who actually owned that airport initially. Mm-hmm. let's move the airport to Abbott's Inch. Let's do that in May 1966, which is yeah. when the new airport opened, and then that'll then free up this pocket of land where you can conveniently run your new motorway A8 bypass, as it basically is. That was yeah, a bypass of the A8. Yep. Um, you can run that through there, and you know what? Utilise that land that we already own. And it's a yep. nice big straight line. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have. Now, somebody, there's always the, the, the people in who, who point out when we've made these points on, fa- on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, oh, it's not quite on the runway. Yeah, we know it's not on top of the runway. We know that. But it's within <laughs> the straight pocket of land that the runway was that originally the runway had. So, it, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point. It, yeah. is, it is a thing. And what you're saying rationalises where they put it. Yeah. Barry Old always tells us that construction had started in the main contract back in 1965. They didn't actually get access to that section where the airport had been obviously, until after it had closed. And there's a wonderful photo that Barry sent us, and it's on the Renfrew Bypass page, of him standing at the end of the old runway, <laughs> looking east towards Hillington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think he took that in like November 65 or something like that, before the actual construction started mm-hmm. on that, that piece of land. Uh, so it's a, it's a stunning look. And I think we've got a couple of aerial photos That's on there good. as well of the old runway. We do, yeah, we've the come across them. And I'm, I'm glad right. Barry done that at the time, yeah, you know, yeah. so because you will never get that view again. No. Exactly. Now, we know the old terminal building was there until like 1974 or something like that, and mm. it had been considered to be quite nice. I think it was a 30s Art Deco style building or something like that. It was demolished later. Uh, we'll just emphasise for for anyone out there um, that the motorway did not result in the demolition of that terminal. The decision to move the airport was the, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the cause of that before anybody gets... Uh, uptight. Uptight about it. <laughs> um, you know, so, so that, that, yeah, so that's, that's probably another okay. major feature of that. We... Um there's another there's another th- kind of thing that goes around in circles about this road, mm-hmm. about what it was originally called. Now, oh, yes. uh, this is the the A8M uh, kind of argument that go, goes around, and this this is a, a sabre thing I think that comes around. I mean, we did after looking into it, we found that the road was in the legal sense referred to as parts of the scheme as part of the A8M Greenock Edinburgh Trunk Road. Yeah. 
but never signed on the ground. Always such. signed on the ground as M8, M8. motorway. Yeah, not A8M. You know, as something, you know, because when you get these kind of numbers of AAM, it sounds like it's something being built in situ as part of something yeah. else as a bigger project, which would make sense, but it wasn't, you no. know? Where some of the mapping may, companies might get confused here. Yeah, because it's it's been on maps hmm. as well, you know, it's not just the legal It ones. was. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just choking down sweets here. <clears throat> yeah, but don't worry, uh, he's <laughs> he's not dying. He's the, okay. Uh, the... the <laughs> Originally, the intention was, and, and the correspondence that John and I went through recently yep. actually confirmed this. If you look at any of the documents in the highway plan uh, for Glasgow, which incorporated the Renfrew County plans, you'll see that the M8 motorway, so the motorway itself, was supposed to continue in a southwesterly direction from St. James towards Linwood and Howwood and Johnston and Orai. Yeah. But it was changed. There was lobbying from politicians who felt that the M8 should continue his motorway at least as far as Erskine Bridge, mm -hmm. if not all the way to Greenock. Yeah. So when the contract to build the motorway was actually let, at that time, it was still intended that from St. James to Erskine, mm -hmm. that would be A8 all-purpose road, dual carriageway, basically. Probably not special road, normal all-purpose dual carriageway. Mm -hmm. But there was lobbying from politicians. Uh, the guy McFarlane, um, who was in, oh, you went yeah. to see his archives, That's um, right. who had been the leader of Renfrew Council or Inverclyke, one of the councils, yeah. lobbied heavily. And uh, eventually they said, right, okay, okay, we'll take it as M8, mm -hmm. at least as far as Erskine Bridge. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of correspondence in, yeah. this, in this file in the Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, it was, it almost seemed like it was so indeterminate that they couldn't really make up their mind. They wanted, yeah. There was all these <laughs> memos and correspondence that was going back and forward yeah. between the Scottish Development Department, the Scottish office, yeah. and um, and the council, just to really try and find out what, what was the case. So just to reiterate what you're saying, Stuart, it was actually originally intended that the motorway would head down towards Johnston. Yeah, that's right. And and funnily enough, we always thought, well, okay, that kind of makes sense because they built the dual carriage with it anyway. Mm. But when John and I started reading through the Renfrew Bypass documents a few weeks ago, yeah. we actually discovered that the council wanted both of them to be motorway. Oh, yes. They, <laughs> oh, yes. You know. More uh, motorways. They wanted what was then known <laughs> as the Lynclive Spur. Yeah, the Lynclive Spur. So that was a section... And it's still there. It's just been extended. So that's from St. James yeah. to Linwood. Now, this is now the A737 for people. It's, it's difficult to talk about both these routes in isolation of one another. We're going to have to cross mm. over between the two. So the A737, which was then known as the A740. That's right. Yep. They only built the section between the M8 at St. James mm -hmm. and Linwood, where the Asda store and the cinema and all these things that only went as far as there and mm. that was the case from 1968 until 1992 mm -hmm. or 1990 yeah you're right 1992 yeah so that that was the case for a long time I remember it well so originally the council had <laughs> intended that that entire stretch so you think about the dual carriageway at the moment which then mm -hmm. narrows down as you go through the canyon with a big masonry wall on either side as we were heading mm -hmm. to the rye they wanted that to continue as motorway all the way out to there mm -hmm. But we saw in the correspondence that there was a lot of kickback from the Scottish office about mm -hmm. that. They, they weren't keen on funding it. Then there was some arguments about it replacing another road yeah. and how, you know, the, the traffic, non-motorway traffic would need an alternative route alongside it. Yeah, um, that's right. It, it was it was a completely new corridor. Yeah. 
That's what it was. That's what the council came back with yeah. in their response. They said, well, no, actually it doesn't because it's a brand new road, so you're mm-hmm. not re- having to replace, you know, it's like it wasn't a replacement for Barnsford Road or yeah, something, you know. that's right. And then the decision for Barnsford Road was, you know, Barnsford Road was actually realigned as part of the same contract, was it not? Yeah, we read that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that so. all happened at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we had this wee spur that was funded by the council yeah. and taken forward by the council, but built at the same time. As the as the motorway sailed around through bypass, now St James Roundabout um, was woefully inadequate mm. for the traffic flows. That, Got to think of how yeah. many arms were on that. You yeah. had this. So you, if you're looking at St James on Google, you know with Paisley to the south, and yeah. you're looking there, you've got from the north you've got the Barnsford Road. That's one arm. Yep. You've then, I th- I believe uh, at the time. I mean, it didn't go towards the airport then, but this is when it was w- opening. There was a section of dual carriageway that goes into Paisley itself. That's right, the A seven two six. The A seven two six. Now that was built also at the same time. Yes, it was. Uh, that that section of dual carriageway, and then you had the A seven forty, which is now the A seven three seven, Lynn Clive's blah, yeah. yada yada, uh, and er- everything came together at this this point. So remember. We're talking about a time where there were no big ramps there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you look at the highway plan, you'll see in the highway plan that there were supposed to be two additional ramps that took traffic from the 737, the 740, mm. directly onto the M8. Now, these didn't happen at that time, and everybody had to use the roundabout, mm. and traffic continued to get worse and worse and worse and worse. It's on worse. the GGTS. Yep. Yeah. And then by the time that they decided to extend the A737 from Linwood all the way down to Johnston, mm-hmm. they then said, okay... We, we kind of leave this uh, without the ramps at St. James. So the two St. James ramps were added mm-hmm. at that time as well. Now, they opened in August 1993. Mm-hmm. Which was a considerable engineering project. Yeah, you know? it, it certainly was. They're massive, those ramps. They I are. I don't know how long they are and how many spans, but they are really quite something. Yeah, they are, they are impressive. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to bring up some facts on those as well, because I know people are always uh, interested St. James in ramps. facts. Now, the design of that, uh, the ramps themselves was actually carried out by Scott Wilson, Kirkpatrick, who, mm-hmm. of course, are famous for the work on the Glasgow motorway system. Mm-hmm. Highway um, plan. And the highway plan and the like. And it was constructed by Balfour Beatty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contract itself cost £27.5 million, which today is about £55 million. So, yeah, still a reasonable cost. Mm-hmm. Two big structures. Uh, impressive structures. Very impressive. Very long, you know. Yep. So they just provided... A complete bypass and a flyover of... Of the roundabout. Of the roundabout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, August the 17th, 1993, mm-hmm. um, they opened, um, just for anybody who's interested. Uh, and as, as we say, they provided immediate relief to the to the roundabout. Now, I know there's still congestion there mm-hmm. heading east, particularly in the morning yeah, peak. that's right. Um, that's not so much a fault of the ramps, so much mm-hmm. as the, the narrow the white car. And, and, yeah. Well, that's right. You've got the two... I mean, the, the heaviest flows certainly come off the A737 oh, heading yeah, east. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, I mean, the M8 under there is quieter uh, in comparison, but you've still got four lanes going into three and then another one coming on from the airport. Yeah. There's your problem. And, of course, there's you been know? so much uh, house building going on in the Linwood area and Houston mm-hmm. and places like this that. Is just more and more cars on more it. More and more traffic on the road. Yeah, and, and very that's, busy place. Yeah, and that's obviously contributed to that, that issue as well. So that all happened around about the same time. Mm-hmm. So... Does this move us conveniently on to the A737 itself? Well, I was or is there more things on the Renfrew Bypass, more nuggets of information there that is we found actually, out? There is. Because I, I would like to get these addressed now rather yeah, than come back th- to there's them. There's one thing that I know people are, are asking, they're desperate to know, and people have been asking is, what is that new tower that's being built to the north of the <laughs> Whitecart Viaduct about halfway along it? 
oh this you yes. know i only seen this for the first time the other day you know the, well the last time i was through yeah that. unfortunately it's an advertising board oh yeah and it's got an led screen on either side of it and when it mm-hmm. goes live um it's going to be in my opinion a distraction okay um it's rather large Right. I'm surprised, personally speaking, that it mm-hmm. was able to obtain well, planning permission. I see what you're saying because you can't miss it. You, know? you really you can't really, miss really it. Can't. You can't miss it, and and I'm surprised that it's here. And personally, I think it's an ISO. Right. I don't think it's particularly but nice. I said this to you because I was in the car with you and I was driving past. Great place to take photos from if we could ever get up there. That's true. Officially, of course, <laughs> legally. Um, yeah, that, that's a point. You would certainly get a stunning view from up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it performs. Maybe we could buy some advertising space on exactly. it. Exactly. podcast. Could you imagine that? Do you we, want to know about the history of this bit of road? <laughs> Do you know what? We wouldn't be slagging it off then. No. No. But that <laughs> that's what that is. New advertising board going yeah. up there. Um, other Renfrew Bypass Nuggets. Here's one. Glasgow gantries. Yes. Oh, they, they didn't have yeah. Renfrew bypass. Actually, didn't have Glasgow gantries originally. Yeah, the, the same the same gantries were added when the whole St James improvement was carried out. So the gantries mm-hmm. came along 1993, 1994. That then extended that Glasgow Citrac system from Hillington mm-hmm. all the way out to St James, mm-hmm. and they obviously are all still there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that was quite a, a worthy addition, yeah, in my in absolutely. my opinion. Um, so we have that. As part of those St. James works, they also kind of remodel some of the approaches to the airport. What they have is a kind of a, a collector-distributor road system going on between Junction 28 and uh, St. James now. That's right, yep. Mm-hmm. And it kind of separates that local traffic uh, away from it. Other recent things that have come in, the footbridge at Hillington, that yep. got replaced. That was a new bridge as well. Yep. The old bridge had been hit a few times mm-hmm. uh, and was damaged beyond repair. Um, and had to be replaced. Then there's one obvious one in the Renf- technically in the Renfrew bypass that you've not mentioned yet, and I'm quite surprised that you haven't. Is this the uh, the new junction? It isn't. It. I was just saving the best to last. I was going to talk uh, about the extension of the westbound uh, slip road from Hillington first. Oh yes, I forgot. About when that. did that open? If you I can remember, I mean, seem not- to remember that being an early 2000s thing, mm. where the onslaught coming west from Hillington and you go to join the motorway, they doubled the length of the slip road to so allow to- for more traffic for attenuation. More yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I think that was an early 2000s. But people thing. still don't use the full no, length of I it. Know. They just they should double white line it for a length. Yeah. To encourage people to go more. You know, take more of it, use more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I think we would like like to have seen that continued all the way as a lane gain all the way to Paisley. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic! So you could have four lanes going. That would solve a lot you, of problems. You do get a lot of jun- junction hopping in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, local traffic coming on at Hillington and going off at Paisley, and yeah. that, that's your motorway system's not really for that. No, you know? but that's what people do because it's the best route across. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other way. Well, there is another way, but it's very convoluted. Yeah. Right. Um, let's talk about this new junction. Mm-hmm. So Junction 29A. Yes. Which actually opened the end of last year. Yes, it did. Now, we were very honoured. We, we spoke about this in other podcasts, actually. We got a visit to it. We did, not So this is actually a reopen. Well, it is a sort of a reopening of this junction because we spoke about the old terminus there. Yeah. So this junction, um, new junction for Bishopton, was built on the site of this this old junction that was there before that was shut we presume at some point in 1975 yeah we're not sure yeah yep. so this is a kind of a half dumbbell junction that's open there and this had to be provided for the new dargaville 
uh, village, all the houses that they're building on the old site of the Royal Ordnance Factory. Oh, yes. says BAE Systems, who have had to provide this junction as part of the planning for, uh, for, for building all these things. So, um, yeah, and you know what? Uh, when I was staying there... I mean, it saved me about five minutes. I'm not going to lie. It, it was fantastic. Well, it was just, a huge addition to, well, it, the, to the system. It really was. It just it sums up my life, though, that when this junction opened, I moved away. So uh, I, I don't even get the benefit of it anymore. So, um, yeah, that's that's one to look out for. But everyone else will get better. Everyone else, and that makes me happy. I can sleep better at night now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's been the, the latest addition to Will there be any other additions, you think? Uh, no, I, I doubt it oh, very much. Very dismissive. You got your crystal ball there, you know for sure? Well, where could you squeeze one in? Well, I, I, don't mean, I don't mean a junction, but I mean maybe something else, some improvements that they might do yeah. to the road or a changes they might do Everything, there. everything on that mm -hmm. whole section is constrained by White Cart Viaduct. Yeah. And the fact that everything beneath White Cart Viaduct, the neither side of it, has been built on. Mm. So it's not just a case of we say, oh, we'll just put another parallel viaduct in there to take westbound traffic or whatever. Yeah. It'd be very difficult, very expensive. You can always to widen achieve. the viaduct. Uh, yeah, but even even I mean in the shadow, the immediate shadow of the viaduct, there is development. Yeah. It'd be very, very tricky. Yeah. One of these things in White Cart that we always say is it was built very high to allow <laughs> to allow shipping. That, that's a good one. We always like mentioning that. Yes, yeah, so the mm. viaduct had to be that high to allow clearance for ships getting into Paisley Harbour and a shipyard that was yeah. at Paisley. And as typical in road building in Scotland, the bloody yard went bust <laughs> six months before the road opened. <laughs> so it's built that high for no for nothing, reason. For absolutely no reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, totally works under yeah. it now. But, mm -hmm. no, but you do get a stunning view from up there. Uh, it used to be a lot better before the new parapet railings went in. You used to be able to see over into the airport mm. and south into Paisley. That's right. I was saying that to you. We were under it the other day. And what an impressive structure it is from beneath. Oh, you yeah. don't get an appreciation mm -hmm. as a driver being on it than you would being underneath. Stunning but you can see structure. that old parapet. Yeah, you would have been able to see yeah. right across. Absolutely stunning structure. I love it. It's one of my favourites. Good. Uh, I would say it is. Um, I'm glad you feel that way. Should we go on to the A737 now? Because I just yeah. I don't know. There was something else keeping my mind about the Renfrew bypass, and I was like, oh, I need to mention that before we go on. You'll to remember the next it one. at two a.m. tonight. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> what was it? Come on, we've got another. We'll get we'll get ten seconds for me to think about it here. Was it to do with Paisley? Times, was it to do with times Renfrew? ticking? Was it to do? I can't remember. <laughs> I cannot remember. Okay, folks, so I'll come back to Stuart at another time and. We'll mention it then. No doubt. Oh, yes. I do remember. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> oh, Originally, okay. the yep. junctions in the Renfrew bypass oh. had catenary lighting. Yes. You didn't think they did. I didn't think they did. And I, I found that that newspaper clipping or something that showed that. You went, is that catenary lighting at yeah. Arkleston? And sure enough. Yep. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what catenary lighting is, John, tell us. Catenary lighting is where you have lighting that's down the central reservation, and it's actually suspended on a wire that goes across. A bit like, imagine having fairy lights on the road. Yeah, that's kind of what it's <laughs> that's like, a good way it? of yeah. doing it. Mm -hmm. So very out of fashion now. I think there's only one or two places left in the whole of the UK now. Somewhere in England, there's one in the, it. stretching the M1. I think still has it near London. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I, I remember. I always remember there was a section in the M5, the southern sections of the M5 that I loved, mm -hmm. adored. Uh, because it's just so unusual and so different um, but yeah you don't get it out. so yeah I'm glad I remembered that because it's, yeah, it's a good one to chuck in there, um, mm, there I go. don't think there's any other wee kind of features that are worthy of mention no it had its junctions renumbered 
Yeah, so when the inner ring road and the Renfrew motorway were completed, uh, the inner ring road and Renfrew motorway Monkland motorway then took the junction numbers. So initially, junction 6 was Newhouse on the M8, mm-hmm. and then it started again as junction 7 at Hillington. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 1980, when everything else was finished, they continued the numbering through, through Glasgow, and then Hillington became junction 26 at that yeah. point. Uh, so and then they've added other junctions. They've just yeah. had A and stuff like All that. All sorts of random. We're probably numbers, yeah. due another junction renumbering at this rate. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say as well that Bishopton Junction was the first new junction on the western half of the M8 since Brayhead opened in 1998. Oh yeah, yeah. There you so go. It was, it was it was worthy of mentioning. Oh, that absolutely. At all as roads. well, I think. Uh, right, okay, A737. I've been itching to talk about I, this. I, this. For some reason, you think this road <laughs> is wonderful. You wrote a page on it on the website. Yeah, uh, very I popular. Personally, um, think the road is boring. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just I, I have no All those love people for it. using it will be appalled at the you saying The only this. thing I like about that road is that the gantries on the north or eastbound carriageway mm. have green plated sign faces. Yes. And I enjoy that very much. Well, it's, it is a primary road. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, primary road, trunk road. So yeah. it'll be green, it'll mm-hmm. be white. So there you go. So I'm going to bring about... up the page on it on the website so we can give some facts and figures. Yeah, certainly. So did you know that the road itself is actually six miles long? Because that's longer than I thought. So that's oh. the section that we're interested in, the kind of urban feeling. Bit of a... Now, bear in mind that also includes a section of the single carriageway. I was going to say. At the far west end. It was also a new bit of road. Because this that was all part of that, that yeah. scheme, wasn't that it? That was originally going to be jeweled, but we'll talk about that. We'll come back to mm. that. Uh, we'll come back to that. Anyway, uh, the, the the road, the initial part, the Linclive Link Road, the yeah. Linclive Spur, uh, the A740 as it was at that time, that actually opened on the 29th of November 1968. Mm-hmm. So a few months after the, the Renfrew Bypass itself. Yeah, it's about half a year or something like that. That, that was also designed by Crouch and Hogg. Uh, and it was built by Peter Lind and, and Marples Ridgeway as well, was said here. And the scheme cost there was all about half a million pounds. So, you know, mm-hmm. quite quite cheap. We know that the railway bridge, um, that you can't really see now, but it is still there on the original bit of dual carriageway, that was built in, in advance. That yeah. was an advance contract. And Peter Lind built that as well. Mm-hmm. So they built that before they actually built the, the bit of road. From there, it basically continues as Linwood to Kilbarkin. Mm-hmm. That opened in March 1992. Uh, the designer on that was Strathclyde Regional Council in Bullen and Partners, no longer mm. with us either. Uh, and that was constructed by a contractor called R.J. Levick. Yep, that's uh, right. Now, I remember that from the opening book. Now, like, I, yeah. I don't know that contractor. Now, again, when mm-hmm. we've mentioned contractors we don't know in the past, some of the guys have, have been able to tell us who they were or what, they, what became of them. So if anybody knows what happened to them, R.J. Mm-hmm. Levick. Um, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right, of course. Let <laughs> us know. Uh, after that, we had the Kilbarkin to Elliston scheme, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming that's the single carriageway bit. Yeah, that, yep. that is, yeah. And that opened on the 28th of May, 1993. Again, the designer was Strathclyde Region and Bullen and Partners, and the contractor at that time was Balfour Beatty. Uh, the Linwood to Elliston scheme cost was £34 million. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for some reason, I haven't added up-to-date costs on that, so I'll have to do that. But I'd imagine it's probably around about £100 million now. You're probably uh, looking at that. There or thereabouts, which is fairly reasonable. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but a lot has changed since then. That was during that that, um, kind of turbulent early 90s road building time but it, it didn't get much protest this one i mean it was a, it was a road that was direly needed yeah. you know? i mean up until strathclyde took it on it was known as the johnston motorway mm-hmm. um you know and i i do wonder i mean we, we saw in some of that renfrew bypass correspondence that they were going to leave enough space at the side 
to to make it motorway eventually. Yeah. The next time I drive it, I'm going to have a look and see if there's adequate space on that. For, you know, that for like wind, a hard shoulder yeah, or anything like that. And then it could well have been a two lane motorway. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting. Um, you know, so but when Strathclyde came in, they 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 reappraised a number of the schemes mm-hmm. that were in the books, and it did take a few years to get that one off. Funnily enough, if you look at the big GGTS uh, schematic, yeah, the Linwood bypass or Johnson bypass is marked on in orange, which mm-hmm. means it was going to be part of stage two of the plan mm-hmm. to deliver the, the the whole you know the whole proposal, the whole network the whole network. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've often said that most of the orange schemes on that plan went ahead. The only one that didn't was the Lomond uh, and Maryhill Motorway. Everything else did. Um, you know, so they, they, by this stage, were more or less committed. Mm-hmm. They were originally intended to be opened by 1985. So 1993 is obviously a good while later than that, probably mm-hmm. public spending and the decision you know, decision to reappraise these schemes probably held them up a bit. Um, so that, that's probably the reason for that. Now, originally they were going to have it dueled all the way to where it met the original A737 coming out mm-hmm. of Paisley. Yeah. Now, do you remember that chat we had with that guy who worked on it, who told us the reason why it was downgraded from dual carriageway to single? Yes, after, uh, I do. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it's to do with the with the, the railway. And it's a decision that could only have been made in the days when all the transportation within an area, as it was in Strathclyde region, mm-hmm. was it fully integrated. That's right. The trains, yeah. the buses, yep. and also the, the roads and transport. As so well. basically they said, no, let's not build it as dual carriageway because that maybe encourage more people to use their car to get to work. Mm-hmm. So let's so, consider some public transport enhancements as well. Yeah. Now this came hot in the heels of the reopening of the Paisley Canal line mm-hmm. and also the decision to increase the frequency of trains on the line Mm-hmm. through that part of the world. This is the Ayrshire line yeah. that goes down. Now, uh, that line was already electric. It had been electrified in 1987, I think? Yes, and I, at the time it opened, I'm not sure if that, the fact that it was electrified then, improving the service and stuff like that, led to that decision. Or there was some other improvements. I am not a railway infrastructure expert. Yeah, That's who we need. We need a rail person on here next oh, time. Oh, well, God. When, you when, think we're boring? <laughs> oh. When this lockdown is over, we've got some guests lined up. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that's very interesting. So and, actually, and that was, was... bus enhancements and all sorts of things done. You know, Norwegian so they bus, could have dual, you know, but they, yeah. they did choose a public transport option over yeah. that. So, so they, were, that. they were thinking about that at the time. So anyone that thinks that's a big, horrible, evil mm-hmm. road, well, you know, actually they but did. But they did leave space to duel it in future if, they, if they had to. Mm-hmm. Um, even through that canyon where the walls are there if you look at the gardens and things up above there's still mm-hmm. space you could chop some garden this away. is an interesting feature mm-hmm. is this canyon area yeah. where this is where you you come to the end of the dual carriageway at Kilbarkin at, at, at the Morrisons yeah what, what, why the canyon well, well, why, to, did they, why, why did they do that why didn't they just like anywhere just have an embankment well again the levels of the land on either side were obviously mm. quite different and again to obscure it from view from the, the village nearby mm-hmm. funnily enough that's where the commemorative plaque for that scheme is located is at the top of that canyon there's a lovely yeah. Strathclyde Regional I've, Council plaque I've up there. seen it mm-hmm. up there. Um, it's worth going up for a look um, mm. talk, telling you all about the scheme and it's on a nice wee plinth there's a, there's a few things on that I mean you know more about structures than I do there's a few footbridges along that that, that dual carriageway isn't there actually farm accommodation Oh, are they? Yeah. Because right, I've always found them incredibly difficult to get near. Yeah, it's farm accommodation rather than uh, yeah. than, than footbridges. And the big so, structure actually at uh, Linwood Roundabout, mm-hmm. which was added in as part of it. Yeah, it's got those lovely red painted beams. And there's triangular which, piers. Yeah, yeah, which would be nice to see them painted up nice and bright. 
Yeah, um, well, I yeah. do. I do do like that red. It serves a good purpose. Do you think of its function? I think it functions fairly well. Yeah. Although that junction at Linwood has been modified a few times by the council recently, they put They've, traffic lights. On they put some the of signals it. on it. Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, I think again, going going back, there was also there was quite a lot of industry around Linwood. This yeah. was so I mean, you had the yeah. Roots car plant and stuff like that. So no, a lot that's of these, why the Linclive Spur was built at that stage yeah. to allow them to get quick access to, to the new things. motorway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now it's a retail park. So no, it's a it's a, it's a very busy section of road. Personally, where I think it could be improved, an additional lane um, between St James and um, Linwood Roundabout would help a mm-hmm. lot. It's actually a very short merge coming up from St James onto it. So. Yeah, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any uh, any other interesting facts and figures that we can give you here. So I mean, it's a short section of road. Yeah, it's four and a half kilometers of dual two lane carriageway. Yeah. 4.1 kilometres of single two-lane carriageway, yeah. 250 metres of footpaths and cycleways, 580,000 cubic metres of excavation, hmm. 23,500 metres of drainage pipes, and 116,000 square metres of bituminous surface. <laughs> so there you go. And there was one five-span bridge, one four-span bridge, one three-span bridge, three single-span composite Precast beam reinforced concrete bridges mm-hmm. uh, and a few other things. It's funny, they call it the Lynn Clive Viaduct, yeah, where it's going do, over yeah. the, the Linwood Roundabout, or Lynn Clive Roundabout, as it's probably spoken about there. Uh, funding. I'm noticing a little uh, EU symbol down there at the bottom. Um, so is this one of these schemes that was given quite a lot of money by the, at the time, European Regional Development Fund? Yeah, that's right. Like the M80 Steps Bypass uh, mm-hmm. and one or two others. Um mm-hmm other schemes uh they had some european uh, funding come through for that as well and yeah. in, in conjunction with the scottish office and the regional council as yeah. well i mean the eu didn't fund the whole thing no no it not was just no. it was just a contribution towards it was a contribution it. yeah a contribution yeah. uh the road itself was only trunked in 1996 mm-hmm. uh prior to that it was the council who were responsible for its management and maintenance mm-hmm. uh, so, so it's, it's a trunk road now yeah so but visit the page on it if you haven't already yeah um, the, so. the page for that one is nice and easy glasgows-motorways.org.uk forward slash a737 yeah or if you can't remember that mouthful just go into other routes and you should see it there and you'll get it in the other routes index and there's a page for st james as well and that's just forward oh, slash yeah, st james Lots of information. I remember writing this. It's got actually a breakdown of each section between each junction, so you can you can read all about it. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Any other points you want to make about either of these routes before we move on to no, our listener really. questions? I'm, I'm glad we've we've uh, spoken about them, and there's been some more information we've came up came up against, and there's certainly um, there's been some developments. In fairness, you know, but no, I'm I'm good. Are you good? You fin- I think have you so. finished ranting about the A737? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one, of the, one of those roads. One of those roads. At least we don't have to use it every day. I, I, I do find the St. James Viaducts pretty impressive. They are very nice. Yeah. Lovely view you get from up there. Yeah, I, I do find them very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed to get some fantastic photos of those a good number of years ago from the roof of the Holiday Inn. Yeah. Uh, legally. No, yeah, Legally. no, 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 absolutely. Um, you, you needed them for a front of a report or something. Yeah, and I managed to get up there. I've got some <laughs> wonderful photographs that we use now and again. Uh, mm-hmm. And we also came across in our slide collection some stunning nighttime photography of that oh, junction as well. Yeah, yeah, we um, did. This is in the ACOM slides, yeah, isn't it? So I'm ho- hoping, hoping we'll get all those scanned up soon. soon. I know we keep saying that, but we will try our best. Mm. 
Right, do we want one or two listener questions? Yeah, let's do, do it. Do we? Right, okay. And do we want some background music while we answer it? Answer uh, yes, we if, do. I was going to say, if we have to. John, we have to have some music in the Whoa, 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 this, this song is okay. It's, oh, you like that not, one, do you? It's not too bad. I think we used this one for the M90 podcast. Yes, I think we did. <laughs> Incidentally, anybody who listens to us on Spotify, if they're intrigued by any of these musical tracks that we use, mm. if you search for our playlist, the Glasgow Motorway Archive playlist tracks, yes. you can actually You can suffer as well, <laughs> just as I do. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Uh, they're not all on there, but a lot of them are. I'll, I'll yeah. maybe add to it as we go. So yeah, feel free to look that up. Mm. Right. Okay. So you have questions. You, are you reading them out to me, and then we will both try and answer them? I'm going to ask you this first one. All right, okay. okay. It's, and it's it comes gonna, from Twitter. It's going to be a from, belter then. Yeah. comes from GA on Twitter. Right. Uh, and it's it's quite relevant to the current circumstances. Okay. Uh, and GA asks, If COVID-19 proves to be the kick up the backside we need for improving working from home infrastructure, hmm. what impact do you think that will have on the motorways in the long run? Okay, well, it's going to have a positive impact, Jay, because one of the things now that's seen as a bad thing is not HGVs, not trade vehicles on the roads and vans, deliveries and these kind of things, but it's people using their private cars to get to work. Now, you know it yourself when the school holidays come round and you just take a little bit of that traffic off the road because people have had to take annual leave for the kids and going away. What a difference it makes. If we can take even quite a small percentage of people out of their normal workplaces who can work from home, you will see the difference on the roads for that. So, yeah, yeah. if we can improve our working from home infrastructure, then, yeah, definitely. Yeah, think of all the improvements that, that, that logistics companies, delivery companies have seen in the last few weeks with a quiet road network. How quickly they've been able to predict accurately yeah. how soon their goods are going to get from one location to the other. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose of a motorway Be- system. Yeah, because, because me, I'm not sitting... In my car, no, nope. you know, I mean, myself. I mean, I need, yeah, I need to go into my office a few days a week. But yeah, it'd be fantastic if I could work from home even a couple of days a week. It would save, yeah. you know. Now I know we're always going to need their cars. I know we have shift workers yeah. that need to go to bed. I know it's not going to be relevant for everyone. Retail stuff, people who actually need to be at the work. But you know, there are and- a lot of people who could do their work from home. Yeah, and think about it this way. Our motorway system basically was designed for traffic flows 25, 30 years ago anyway. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of it's dual two-lane motorway, not yep. three or four-lane motorway. Mm-hmm. You know, So really, you could say that by taking us back to those traffic levels, the system will function as it was intended yeah. to. So I would say probably has encourage a, a more working from home that way yeah, you know absolutely you lock in the value of it yes so to speak absolutely that was a good question that was a brilliant like question one. and it's it's a, it's a good discussion point no you're right it is it is something it is that we'll probably we'll point. probably pick that up again um when we're we're talking about talking about this on future podcasts yeah okay ready for the next one Oh, am I answering this one too? Am yes. I? Oh, well, I you, we're, go, we're both going to answer this one, but you're going to answer it first. <laughs> All right. So it comes from the Midlands Transport Hub. Oh, fantastic. On uh, on Twitter. Okay. And the Midlands Transport Hub asks, if you were to build one Scottish motorway, motorway where would you build it and why? What a, <laughs> what a question. Um, with this... This music I've got playing in the background here, I feel like it should be something Highland. <laughs> why, why don't you go the, for something? The Ollapool motorway. You know, <laughs> no. Uh, what? What a question! What? What do you think first, Stuart? What is it? I take it so this is one on top of the network we have just now, not I, changing I, something else. They don't see. 
So it could be one of our cancelled schemes from the Greater Glasgow Transportation Study. Mm-hmm. It could be a whole brand new motorway. Do you know what? Off the bat, sticking with Glasgow just now, I might try and answer something for, for elsewhere. would be some sort of bypass for Glasgow at the moment. So we do you know, a completion of the southern orbital or a northern orbital for Glasgow, uh, which which would be of motorway standard, and link the Eskin Bridge all the way up with the M80. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. A northern bypass of the... Uh, be fantastic. Of the know? city, definitely. You know, something so worth having. We, um, just, just one thing that's coming to light with some of the the music in the background here i'm not sure if this is going to make the cut but we really need to check these <laughs> sometimes these trying to answer just... this, this this question this brilliant question uh but no yes I, I would say a northern bypass for glasgow would be mine rural hmm rural i don't know to be honest with you probably i, I would like to see some improvements to the a9 uh, particularly maybe some 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 upgrades oh they're getting the an southern... expressway already I'm talking about the southern sections. Well, they're going to grade separate all that, aren't they? Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. We can get rid of Kia Roundabout and these these other things as well. But I do think to myself, things like the Aberdeen Bypass, in particular, that could have been motorway. Could have been through that. Could have been M90 round there. Uh, but no, I mean we, we do have quite a completed rural network now, don't we? It's more just improvements to that network. But you remember there was that road. Um, why we don't have an M7? Which oh yes, the fast link. The fast link that from Abington to Whitburn. It was meant to be this other great long distance motorway in Scotland. Yeah, that yeah. Would, would go to Edinburgh. I, I would build that. Yes, it's or a, or Julie seven hundred two. Yeah, that that that's screaming out for that. And you know, funnily enough, a seven three seven. I would duel that all the way from Kilbarkin all the way to the a seventy eight, and mm-hmm. I'd bypass Kilwinning in the process. There um, you go. That's just the a seven three seven M. Yeah, that would be a great link to Ayrshire. <laughs> um, I think that would be a good one. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. They're, they're, you know, come to think about it, we need, what we need to do is get the Atlas out and look at where there's gaps in the blue lines. Another motorway <laughs> that I would build. Okay. I would build the motorway from Whirley's Roundabout in East Kilbride to the bottom of the M73. I would build that as well. Oh, right, yeah. So you would extend the M73 south yep. from Maryville. Mm-hmm. We'd make this massive stack interchange at Maryville. Yep. Full directional going all the way down. Oh, this gets me going. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would be really, really, that really would, useful. That would be a It would good take one. a lot of pressure, actually, off Wraith and... Other junctions as well. Yeah. No, I think I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah. Wow. What a what a couple of great questions. They were really good questions. Will we try and squeeze in one more? Go do you on want then. to do one more? Yeah, no, I'm feeling up for it. Right. Feeling feisty. Let Let's me just bring up one more. <laughs> you, yeah. you you talk to people well, I'm finding them done. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just dreading what's gonna come up here, to be honest with you. See if there's any personal questions. We've never had any really personal questions. We've always had road ones. We've been quite yeah, lucky. Yeah, here's one here from, from John Smith on uh, on Twitter as well. Funnily enough, it's a semi-personal question. That John, um, I'm going to ask you this question because it's interesting. Right, okay. What are your favourite brand of motorway atlas and why? It's always been AA for me because it's the ones I grew up with right. uh, at, the, at the time looking at them. However... In recent years, I have come across the A to Zs. And it's about time to. <laughs> and I know we've had this discussion. And what I love, actually, about the A to Zs is that they show all the junction layouts on them. But no, I will still, right now, if I go into a place and I want an Atlas, I will still probably buy the AA one. Fair enough. You, you know I prefer the A to Z. Mm. Um, I, I don't I... know. The AA ones look quite clear and polished. And it's what I'm used to, you know? A to Z probably much better for detail. Yeah, the A to Z is better well, for detail. And in the days before sat-nav, 
when you when you knew what junction you were going to use, but you weren't quite sure what it looked like on the ground, the A to Z mm-hmm. was useful yeah. for being able to see in advance, all right, okay, this is a roundabout, this is yeah. this, this is whatever. And that I found that helpful. You, you didn't get that in, the, in the those pre sat nav days. That's a pretty good one. That's that's almost like that that questions we post for we we can have a fight. Oh, you know, you get these other yeah. atlases. Like the Philips one and stuff. Uh, oh, I don't know what it is. No. I've never used them. I must say, I, no. I, personally speaking, my my preferred type of map is an Ordnance Survey Land Ranger oh, scale. Oh yeah, perfect. Um, we use them for when we're when we're doing the walks. Yeah, I mean they're they're my preferred maps. Mm. There, but of course you can use them if you're going from here to Manchester. You would need what, what mm. fifty sheets or something. I know. You know to, to fit them all Something in. to do with scale. Yeah, exactly. I love the scale of it and and the contours and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would say that. No, okay. Right. Well, we've done well this month. We managed to squeeze three questions in. Excellent. Hopefully, good. we've not kept uh, people on it too long. Yeah. I know you like your short podcasts, everyone. Uh, well, that's it. And I mean, what we'll do, we'll just very briefly tell you about some things we've been doing, which basically means nothing. Um, you know, <laughs> working from home. We've been working from home. We've been trying to do some digitising in the evenings and stuff, and that is coming along mm. nicely. Keeping um, the social media going, it's been it's been going really well. So many new followers. Yeah, you know, just trying to keep keep going with the regular posts and, and mm. things like that on there. Uh, all our events between now and well, the this ones we had planned between now and June are We off. had some fantastic talks lined yeah. up. I mean, I'm set actually to meet uh, a chap as well yeah. um, through who worked on a whole lot of the, the older schemes through in the East. He yeah. worked for Fairhurst and that's been cancelled. So I could have had loads of information for you, but he's kindly offered to do it either over the phone. So I will try and do the still out there finding things out yeah following on from from previous podcasts as well i would just like to thank a couple of people who've been in touch and, and who have uh, given us some information and stuff uh mm. first one graham yule mm-hmm. who helped us with some really good information on the m90 uh which we hope oh to share. yeah um we, he did he pointed out something some corrections there yep. as well yep. didn't he? Yep. which was good so we will share them and also stuart park who I know listens to the uh, to the podcast and who said who sent us some kind words as well. So so hello mm. to you guys. We hope mm-hmm. you continue to enjoy these. Uh, we do try and make them as enjoyable as we can. Yeah. Um. You know. And going forward, we've got many, many, many topics to come. I hope everybody has been enjoying the fact that we've been putting out some more frequent podcasts, mm. um, especially at this time of need. Yeah. It just keeps people uh, keeps people entertained. I hope. Um, so I think on that note I'm more or less done I think we'll probably be back in another week or two with Mm -hmm. the next one Uh, we're going to cover some more of the Scottish motorways we're also going to come back to Glasgow as well we've got a Mm -hmm. few topics in Glasgow we're going to be thinking about if there's anything that you guys want to hear now's yeah, the time to let us know because we can squeeze more in because we're doing you need more to give us some podcast ideas guys if you you know anything even if you want us to really shake it up a bit yeah and talk about something completely different yeah we're happy to do so no anything transport related we'll do it yeah we will do that absolutely we you know. will indeed well it's that it's time that again time. we're it's done time it's, we're done we're at 55 minutes which i think is great timing um <laughs> okay. that's pretty good going as always as we say thanks um for joining us uh on this episode of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you visit our website, as we've mentioned throughout, glasgows-motorways.org.uk. There is hours of fun on there. <laughs> hours? Hours. Weeks? Probably. <laughs> Hundreds of photos, you, you, facts, you figures, all the time. articles. There's a lot of stuff on there yeah. that would keep you going. Uh, you can also listen to all our previous podcast episodes on there as well mm-hmm. and learn, obviously, about the Glasgow Motorway system and increasingly beyond as well. Yeah, that's right. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Podbean to make sure that you never miss a show. And while you're at it, be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the daily fix. 
And of course, you will see regular updates on all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, you can go on, leave comments, ask mm-hmm. questions. Please do. Suggest photos. Yeah, you need to keep us photos. busy. Yeah. yeah, we want to be kept busy in these uh, these coming weeks as well because mm-hmm. there's so little to do um, yeah. in terms of not, not being able to get out. We're, we're getting a lot of website stuff done, so yeah. it's all right. Exactly. Behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. So until next time, until it's next time. goodbye from me. Yeah. And goodbye from me. Stay healthy, everyone. We'll see you soon.